Welcome to the MacArthur Memorial Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Williams. Join me as we explore the life and legacy of General of the Army Douglas MacArthur and discuss a wide range of military history topics from the American Civil War to the Korean War. Welcome, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about the MacArthur Corridor in the Pentagon. And my name is Amanda Williams, and I'm joined by Jim Zobel, and we are both historians here at the MacArthur Memorial. And on September 10th, 1981, with the help of Mrs. Jean MacArthur, President Ronald Reagan dedicated a corridor in the Pentagon in honor of General Douglas MacArthur. And today we're going to explore the history of that corridor and discuss some of the MacArthur Memorial collection objects that are or have been on display there. So the Pentagon is the headquarters of the U.S. Department of Defense. Construction began on it on September 11th, 1941, and it was completed in January 1943. Jim, do we know if General MacArthur ever visited the Pentagon, say, after he came back from Japan in 1951? I don't think so. You know, he comes back when he gives the speech at Congress, and then he goes to the Washington Monument to Constitution Hall for a DAR thing they have there, but he doesn't go to the Pentagon. And then he only comes back for the Senate hearings, and I don't think he goes then. He comes back in the 50s to visit Eisenhower, but that's just like a day trip there. And then like in 60, 61, he comes to see Kennedy you know, a couple of times, but I don't think he ever has time to go there. So no, I, I, I don't think he ever goes there, you know, I mean, because he's never back 37 and 51. You know, the odd thing, though, is that this guy, uh, Sidney Forrest Mashbeer, that runs that allied translator and interpreter section for MacArthur, he holds the patent on non-freezing cement. And he's like this, you know, this Japanese linguist, you know, in the army. He's like a secret agent. But this guy's just got this brain that's going all over the place. And so that's where he makes his fortune, you know, because they build the whole Pentagon out of the cement that he held, held the path really? for. Yeah. And so, so as he's serving in World War II. Yeah. Okay. Racking it up. I didn't know yeah. that. They're building the whole Pentagon out of that out of that concrete, you know. And so it just shows these, you know, these guys have a lot more going on than just one thing in their head. Yes. Yes. So talking about the building, it's very utilitarian um, from the start. And this is probably because it's constructed during wartime. But gradually they begin to add memorials and other displays. And then in the late 1960s into the 1970s, um, the Secretary of Defense under Richard Nixon decides that the drab interior needs some work. He's behind the idea of the display corridors. Um, and he, I think, initially wants them to highlight significant figures like, you know, General Marshall or maybe General MacArthur, Eisenhower, you know, just these significant kind of figures in U.S. military history. Now, his successors pushed this idea forward, and some of these corridors are established, but the MacArthur corridor isn't. So why is that one not initially established? I I think it's because of the Carter administration. You know, they had done Ike and they'd done Marshall, but the sec def of Carter, that guy Brown, Harold Brown, he didn't want it because he said that, uh, you know, MacArthur was insubordinate to Truman. 
And, you know, why are we going to honor this this guy who is insubordinate to the president? And so they said no. And that was basically the, you know, the reason why it's it's the last corridor that, you know, it gets created because it's, you know, when when Reagan comes in, things kind of change. Okay, well, then who's behind that push then? That's Weinberger, you know, Casper Weinberger, because he serves on MacArthur's staff in World War II. He knew him and, you know, he knows Gene. Right before they, you know, they built this corridor, Bush goes up and to see Mrs. MacArthur in like April of 81. Um, And that's that's almost like right after they're, you know, installed into in the administration. You know, does he go up there and talk about that with her? We're not really sure. But, you know, it's it's almost that summer, really, after they kind of come into power, then that that takes place, you know, that they they build this thing, they put, you know, all the money into it. But it's really it's really Weinberger that that makes this happen. Do you think Jean had been pushing for it, though? Because I mean, we were talking earlier how yeah. active she was in the 70s, kind of promoting his legacy. Yeah. Well, the, the newspapers all say that, you know, the newspapers say that she was really for it. And they say the foundation was, you know, the MacArthur Foundation, you know, who works with us. But I can't find anything in their papers, you know, their correspondence where they're, you know, and until they start dealing with what artifacts they want. You know, like the the Pentagon wants artifacts for this corridor. And that's when all the correspondence starts. So, you know, were they having vocal meetings, you know, telephone? Because the the head of the foundation at that time is a Major General Anderson. And, you know, he knows a lot of people in Washington. Uh, I'm sure he knows, a lot. you know, a lot of these people in the Pentagon. I mean, when they when they have the dedication, you know, I, I think the whole Joint Chiefs of Staff show up for this thing. <laughs> so I think... <clears throat> There's a lot of personalities that are pushing this, but as far as from our you know side, we don't have like a big paper trail of Gene writing them or other people you know writing for this. It just kind of all of a sudden Gene's there, you know. I mean, uh, whether she you know discarded that correspondence or or she had other people working it, you know, I'm 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 not really sure. I think I think you know probably Weinberger was the you know the key central point. Uh, with those people but the the newspapers say that they they did push it but you know like like i said i can't i can't find anything where they were right pounding people you know to to get this thing done or anything like that right so the corridor is completed in 1981 for around a hundred and fifty thousand dollars and it features artifacts from the macarthur memorial do we know what those artifacts were in 1981 and what was the storyline of the corridor? Well, it follows his whole life. I mean, it, it you know comes from Arthur MacArthur, his father, you know, Civil War, and goes through you know the end of his time in, in Korea. It kind of skips over the Bonus March and you know other things that you know that've been controversial in MacArthur's career, and focuses more on you know his 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 abilities in World War II as well as in the occupation of Japan. They've got I think like the Bush jacket uh, that he wears. They have his green hat up there that that's ours. Um, he wore that a couple of times in Australia during winter. On those last few occasions, he wore his full uniform. There's the surrender pen. You know, he used six pens to sign the surrender. And one of those Watermans, the four Watermans was was up there. Uh, they had some documents and whatnot. Um, they had that 38 pistol that he used to carry in his back pocket. You know, when you, you see him coming ashore at Leyte, the butt of that is out. And then a couple of other 
pictures during that drive on Manila when he's up at the front the whole time. Um, that 38 was on display with the holster, you know, some other newspapers. But I, I think the the hat they had was the one, it was the one that Gregory Peck used in the MacArthur movie, you know, because it, mm. it looked the it looked the closest to the original, you know, which we weren't okay. we weren't gonna, you know, put on display up there. Right. So it has an, an, a number of things that were, you know, pretty significant and, you know, very much well connected to MacArthur. Now, when it opens on September 10th, 1981, Gene MacArthur is the guest of honor at that ceremony. And all of the speeches happen outside the building. And it seems like there's a very, very large audience and a very large military escort. After the speeches, the president and the first lady then accompany Jean into the corridor to cut the ribbon. And they all, at least from the photographs we've seen, they seem to be very happy with her and vice versa. Um, do we have any anecdotes about their time together opening that corridor? Well, there's, you know, there's some correspondence between Ronald Reagan and, and Jean, you know, he'll, he'll write her during his presidency. I think that Reagan is, is um, maybe thinks he's, or, you know, he's kind of the mold, same kind of person as MacArthur in some ways, you know, or, or at least very, you know, that was his time frame, you know, the 1940s yeah. and, and whatnot. And MacArthur was such a big figure that I think, you know, Reagan looked up, uh, looked up to that, you know, one of Reagan's favorite books was, um, they fought alone about the Fertig, you know, about Fertig on Mindanao. Really? He, yeah. He was always pushing for that to be made into a movie because he just thought it was like the greatest book. And so, you, you know, that he's, you know, he's up on, on MacArthur and those kind of things. And, you know, when the, when the dedication comes, he doesn't have to be there, but he wants to be there, you know, and I, I he and Gene are, I think Gene's maybe like 10 years older than him. And probably about 20 years older than Nancy, but they seem to, you know, get along real well there. You know, they had all the, like I said, all the Joint Chiefs, they had the the Continental Army, like Fife and Drum, you know, Corps there. They had yeah. um, all, uh, just tons of people. A lot of guys that were, you know, served with MacArthur, General Chase, the famous 1st Cavalry Division guy that, that's on the Admiralties with MacArthur. And then goes into Santa Tomas first. He's there. He's like in his, you know, late 80s by that by that point and um, looking very frail. But he's there. Tony Story, the pilot, you know, MacArthur's pilot. He's there. If, if you look at pictures, Douglas MacArthur II, the ambassador, you know, who is MacArthur's nephew. So it, it is kind of a family thing. You know, they all go, they all go to this. And then afterward, when they, they have the receiving line, um, it's just dignitary after dignitary. And, and they all look like they're very engaged, you know, with, mm -hmm. with this. In 84, they had Francois Mitterrand, the president of France, come to a state dinner at the White House. And they invited Jean down to that. Um, Jean had gone, she was, in her later life, she was kind of like a, a main representative, the Daughters of the American Revolution. And she would do all these different functions. And in 1983, when they had the 200th anniversary of the Treaty of Paris for the end of the revolution, Jean had uh, kind of led the delegation over to Paris for this. And I think she had gotten to meet Mitterrand there. And that's why Reagan invites her to come to that, that state dinner. And Reagan wrote her a note that was saying, yeah, the dinner was OK, but I, I'm just glad I got to sit next to you, you know, at the, at the dinner. So. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, you know, the, they were very welcoming of, of anyone, you know, like that. Mm. You'll, you'll see people, other like dignitaries in speeches, you know, especially after MacArthur's desk or death, um, lifting portions of his very famous speeches and inserting them in their own. 
I think if if anyone wants to Google President Reagan's speech for the opening of that corridor, he does that in several places, but I think he probably does it better than anyone else ever has, you know, without yeah. making it sound silly or overly sappy. I guess he kind of lives up to his reputation as a great communicator. Oh, he like, knew how to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm on stage. He's good. He's going to deliver it. You know, right. <laughs> that, was, and, that was the best thing about Reagan, you know. And you're you're absolutely right about him and and Gene. I think he's always so courtly and genteel when he mm-hmm. writes to her and talks to her. And um, I think that comes across in like the photos and the videos of them together, but also in those letters. So I'm sure, sure. she was very appreciative of of that because I think General MacArthur was like that with her too. So you and I, we have visited yeah. the corridor in more recent years and. What has happened to it since 1981? And has there been a change in the storyline, a change in artifacts? You know, what is it like today? Well, in 2015, they did they did a, a redoing of it. You know, they upgraded it because um, it, you know, it had been there for 24 years already. Um, I haven't seen it since then. You know, I mean, we did some artifacts, you know, that they wanted. We've renewed loans with them. <clears throat> the The big one, though, was, you know, they lost that pistol. You know, the pistol that was up there on display at the at the corridor in about 1983, they wrote the memorial that they couldn't find it. You know, it had been stolen out of a case or, you know, lifted. And then they paid the city, you know, about five thousand bucks, you know, MacArthur's pistol, five thousand dollars. But then they found it again, like in 1990 or something like that, you know, that it, it turned up in the in the Pentagon. And the powers that be back then just kind of said, oh, well, let them let them have it, you know. MacArthur's only pistol (laughs) that we know that he has, you know, so now it's, it's up there on display, but you know, it's, it's, it's no longer ours anymore. So it's, but you know, it's, it's all been, you know, reconciled. That was a very long time ago. Yeah, exactly. And we're very glad for everyone. They found it. None of us were here then just to. No, that was, that was clear. None of us were here. Yeah. So, okay. Well, any final thoughts on the, the corridor and, and MacArthur. It the, it's the last memorial to MacArthur in America. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they they named all the bridges and roads and schools for him in the 1940s. And then in 55, they had the statue MacArthur Park in Los Angeles. 64, this place um, came into operation, the MacArthur Memorial. 70, 71, you had the statues put up at West Point. You had the statues put up here. 77, 78, you had the the Freedom Foundation at Valley Forge, and then that that Howard Payne University in Texas, they put up statues. And then in 78 uh, or 79 in Milwaukee, they put up the statue there. And so this was the last monument or memorial that was created to MacArthur in the United States. Thank you very much, Jim. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. If you have questions, suggestions, or comments, we want to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at MacArthur1880, on Facebook as the General Douglas MacArthur Memorial, or you can email MacArthurMemorial at Norfolk.gov.